Hello, you're listening to Yarns from the Plain, a podcast for knitters, crocheters, and anyone who loves to play with yarn. Bonjour et bienvenue à quel episode? I don't know. I've lost my French now. Uh, to the this episode of Yarns from the Plain, which I think is going to go out as episode number sixty-two, une carte postale de Paris. This is just a little bonus uh, episode that I'm putting out. It's based entirely on recordings that I took when my husband and I went to Paris for a few days in the October half term and I wanted to put them out now really I didn't want to save them until the new year it's been a while they've been hanging around waiting for me to edit them and stitch them together and really the Christmas break has been the first chance that I've had to do it so I've done it and now I would like to put this out at some point between Christmas and the new year so that it can be enjoyed and boxed off Uh, before we get into 2013. We had a lovely time. Um, We set out from Oxfordshire on Sunday. Trying to think what the date was. Uh, Probably the 21st of October, Sunday the 21st of October. And uh, took the Eurostar to Paris. And the postcard is made from various bits of audio that have been stitched together with just one little piece that I've had to add in now just to hopefully help it all make sense. Anyway, without further ado, I'm just going to put you straight over to our postcard from Paris. So I'm currently stood here at the concourse of St Pancras. I'm, this is obviously the underground bit with the um, bricked arches that would have been the, the cellars, I presume, the old one. I'm looking up towards the old Victorian booking office, beautiful Victorian architecture, lots of lovely tiles and things at the top. And it really does remind me of some of the um, buildings in the museum complex in Oxford. Really is lovely. So I'm all very excited. We're going to go and check in soon for the Eurostar. And uh, then it's off to Paris. <laughs> More to the point, it's two and a half hours solid knitting time on a train, which has got to be good, hasn't it? So I'll catch up with you later. Bye. Once we arrived in Paris, we got ourselves settled into our hotel and then strolled down to the banks of the Seine through an area that I had never visited before. And so we walked through the Rue Montorgui. Apologies for my appalling pronunciation. 
uh, which was full of amazing restaurants and took us down to the edge of Lehal, which is currently undergoing a great deal of renovation. Um, so we cut through the building site of that and had a peek uh, and then went down um, the Rue du Pont Neuf and sat on Pont Neuf for a bit, just looking at the Seine. So that was it really for the, mon- the Sunday evening. And uh, we retired to our hotel with a nightcap and the most amazing soft feather bed, which made up for the fact that we couldn't knock um, the heating off the uh, hotel I'd picked at random. And believe it or not, it was one that my husband had stayed in many, many, many times. And as he says, although it has changed hands, there is still the problem that come October, they think, oh, autumn, winter, let's put the heating on. And uh, it was a very, very, very hot room. But never mind, small thing to complain about. We pick the recording up again the following morning. So we're here underneath the um, pyramid of the Louvre. The pyramid is the glass pyramid is the pyramid that Mitterrand put in in the 80s that covers the entrance hall, the ticket office. We have just been um, around a, a little scoot of the um, Denon wing. So we've had a look at some of the Italian works. We've looked at uh, the Mona Lisa, which is pretty, but all in all, she's quite underwhelming, really. She's, she's quite small um, when you consider the space of room that she has and the acres of picture people she has around her. But, uh, I'm, you know, I got in there with a long lens and took a photograph. It's absolutely heaving. It is and remains the noisiest art gallery I have ever visited. Um, however, what we're going to do is we're going to go across to um, one of the other wings now, the Richelieu wing, and go and explore. Um, there are apartments of Napoleon III over there. And I'm wondering if that might be just a little quieter since this wing, the Denon wing, is the wing with um, the Mona Lisa and Michelangelo's The Slaves and... Um, also, it's quite close to the Venus de Milo, um, which is just on the corner of the Denon wing and the Silly wing. So we'll catch up with you later. Um, but as you can hear from the background noise, it really is quite noisy here. So it's now about half past one on Monday afternoon. We are by the banks of the Seine, um, literally just outside um, the Louvre, but on on the Seine. We've come out from the Seine, uh, from the Louvre now. The Richelieu wing with the um, state apartments of uh, Napoleon III were far, far quieter. Um, and very, very opulent. Very opulent. More opulent, almost, I think, than my memory of Versailles. And certainly more opulent than Buckingham Palace. It's a bit of an eye-opener, really. There was some lovely sculpture on that side, too, um, but it was much, much quieter. We're now... not quite flopped, but quite close to it, I think, um, on the banks of the Seine. 
because it is actually a 23 degrees 24 maybe Celsius not what we were expecting in Paris in October I have not got very many lightweight blouses with me <laughs> so this is going to be interesting um, husband's got his legs out I've rolled my trousers up I'm regretting wearing thick sports socks within my converse my feet are very hot and I'm not convinced that trying to knit on a cardigan is necessarily the best thing to be knitting but I don't have anything else so it's that or nothing really um, but uh, it's beautiful I can feel myself relaxing as I speak if I fall asleep in the middle of the recording you'll know why because the relaxation has hit um, I'll catch up with you later bye well, I'm stood here in La Drogerie, which is just, oh, I think I've died and gone to heaven. It's too very long thin buildings and there is yarn and yarn and yarn and yarn and yarn and yarn and then in one of the other buildings there's ribbons and buttons and seed beads and feathers and all sorts of things that you might want to do to make headdresses and it's just phenomenal a lot of the yarn is on the cone um, so you just take what you want in in much the same way as Art Fibre in San Francisco is. There's also hanks that are arranged by colour as you walk in, so they're just hanging from the door as you walk in. They're just absolutely superb. I'm stood here by looking at jars upon jar upon jar of colour-coordinated seed beads and drooling. Not that I have any inspiration for what I would actually do them. And then down towards the bottom are um, some examples of baby clothes and they're just gorgeous there's fabric as well as yarn so a number of their patterns combine um, or the, their designs seem to combine fabric and yarn and it's just really really busy which is just fabulous So, I last recorded a little piece in La Drugerie. My husband was sat on the church steps outside. He was there for an hour and a half, listeners. An hour and a half. La Drugerie is an interesting emporium. Um, I obviously haven't done a great deal of shopping in France, so I don't know if this is standard, but the idea is that you... It is not self-serve if you are served, but you don't hang around looking faintly hopeful by whatever it is you'd like and wait for an assistant to find you, as you would in shops in Britain, but 
you actually queue for service and the lady will deal with it. It's a bit like a taxi rank. You queue for service and she will work her way down, or the girls will work their way down the line to find you. And once you've been found, and uh, you then take them to all the different parts of the shop, the buttons, the ribbons, the fabric, the yarn that you would like, and they measure off however much you wish. So the yarn is measured by, um, it's actually by weight. So in San Francisco, when um, I bought yarn like that, it was measured by yards, by the yardage here, it was measured by the weight. Um, but it was, uh, it was lovely. I've bought um, a pattern, so that's going to be interesting, trying to work my way through that in French, um, for a little raglan um, jumper for a baby. But it's actually, I think it's more like, almost like a tabard. It fastens at the back with two buttons. So you put it on like a back-to-front cardigan. So it's in a, a neutral colour with a pale pink heart that you edge in pink, and then there's um, a little edging on the cuffs and the neck and the bottom. And there's also um, a pattern for booties in there, and I asked for some extra yarn so that I could make a matching hat. Whether I um, have got the extra yarn or not, I don't know. I'll, I'll work out when I measure it. I have a horrible feeling that I am missing one of the colours and that the girl, she measured me off the neutral, then she measured me off the light pink. Then she measured me off some more of the neutral, but a small amount. And then didn't measure the dark pink at all. So when I spoke to her about the dark pink, she then swapped the neutral, which I think should have been a paler neutral, an ecru almost. And uh, put that back in and measured me off the dark pink. And I, I have a feeling, looking at the pattern, that I should have the neutral biscuit for the main part of the jumper. Some ecru for the edging, along with the dark pink, and then the light pink for the heart, and the dark pink for the edging around it. But never mind, I can fudge it. It's uh, it's not a big problem. I also bought um, a kit. Oh my god, it came in a tin and it's this beautiful. It's for a three-month-old baby cardigan in grey. It's got it's a hooded top with little velvet buttons, and on the pockets, on the two front pockets, on the pouch pockets, on the front, it's got little elephants, baby elephants. It's adorable. Now the baby I'm I'm making the sweater for is already. Um, already coming up for three months old so I don't think she's going to fit the grey cardigan so but there's uh, you know I'm sure I know somebody soon will have a baby I've got a number of cousins who've got married in the last little while so you know and they're all in their 30s so I've got my fingers crossed I'm quite hopeful um, it's absolutely adorable I bought also bought some linen and bamboo mix in two colours one is a gorgeous purple and one is um, called surf and it's different shades of blue all that together so I bought 150 grams of each that's 300 meters of each and one of them is up for a prize for this episode all you have to do is tell me your best yarn souvenir shopping tale Okay, so all you have to do is leave a comment on the show notes or over in the Ravelry group or drop me an email at yarnsfromtheplane at googlemail.com and tell me your best yarn shoot souvenir shopping tale and um, then I will put everyone who tells me that into a drawer and we'll draw one of those and you can choose whether you want the purple or the surf because I like both of them. Um, so, But it was definitely an experience. My poor husband... It was a good job, it was very sunny. We're having a 
um, a heat wave really here in France, in Paris at the moment. So all of the warm woolly things and uh, you know raincoats that I bought aren't needed. However, I didn't bring any light shoes. I bought baseball boots, or I bought my furry flip-flop boots, and the baseball boots have rubbed. So today I'm in the furry flip-flop boots, which you know since they're basically like a fit flop equivalent of an ugg boot I mean my feet are rather warm I look very incongruous I'm wearing a floaty top over a pair of uh, cargo pants and then these great honking great big furry boots but never mind so so what have we done today well today um, we were planning to go to the Musée Rodin to you know go and see some of Rodin's works um, I quite like sculpture and uh, we were really looking forward to it and arrived and the <laughs> the museum was shut the workers were on strike so we had a quick scan on the internet and it, it appears there is some kind of general strike but it seems to be affecting baggage handlers and air traffic control and uh, some rail services but we got on a metro fine this morning so that wasn't a problem um, and uh, the workers at this museum but not at every museum because we decided to then sort of stroll our way Along and we went to the Musée de Quai Branly, which is new to me. It's just along from the Eiffel Tower, and it's non-Western art. Now, because it was still a lovely day, we only went into one section. We went to go and see a temporary exhibit um, of Aboriginal artwork, which is absolutely fascinating. I hadn't realised that an awful lot of the artwork depicts landscape, but it depicts landscape from above. Um, which actually isn't that different from some Native American uh, artwork I saw last year in the museum at um, Arizona. So that was quite that was interesting. I've only just made that connection. After that, we strolled through um, underneath the Eiffel Tower, which was heaving again, full of dodgy-looking people trying to fleece you or steal things from you. One of the two, hard to tell. Um, and we've just come past um, we've crossed over the um, Pont Alexandre Treisième uh, is that right for third? I can't remember, schoolgirl French is letting me down a bit here but anyway, there was a photo shoot going on on the steps down to the Seine and it was a gorgeous red-headed girl in a beautiful um, wedding dress The it was a strapless, boned top completely covered in large um, jewels and then the skirt was long and trailing and covered in um, ribbon or, or silk, uh, satiny type flowers, roses, completely covered absolutely beautiful, anyway as we were sort of looking down at her and, and looking at the photo shoot uh, one of the passers-by told me that she was the current Miss France so there you go we're now sat in the garden um, in at the Tuileries and um, I'm getting munition out again because it's just gorgeous weather it's just really really nice and uh, I'll catch up with you again soon bye
So that was the sound, if it came out, of many men, a variety of ages, middle-aged upwards, really, playing bull in front of Les Invalides. I was willing to worry that I wasn't going to catch any of them anywhere. I love to sit and watch them play. Though I was quite surprised, normally when I have seen them in the past, they have been many, they have been elderly men. But there were, you know, a number that weren't that far off my age. I am, of course, now officially middle-aged, so this uh, makes me feel rather sad. But there we are. Very few of them conform to the stereotype of wearing the little flat caps either, so I was quite disappointed. But never mind, I sat and watched them for a while. Contemplated getting me knitting out, but that's the trouble I've decided with having a um, the adrift cardigan as a project. It's um, you know you're committed to uh, about 15 to 20 minutes for a row, so it's not something you whip out, do a few stitches of, and then jump back in your bag. I've never taken this kind of knitting on a holiday knitting before, and it's not necessarily the best. But there we are. It's a learning curve. So this is our last morning in Paris. We're having a coffee before we go back to the hotel to pack up and catch the train back home. I'd like to tell you that I was sitting in a proper French cafe and uh, drinking a cafe au lait, but um, actually we're on a Starbucks on the um, Boulevard de Poissonnier, which I uh, know, uh, or Boulevard de... on the Boulevard... Uh, bon Nouvel, which I know is not quite as classy, but we dived in because we were being pursued by a drunken homeless man. <laughs> um, and we just sort of dived in to get a bit of um, a bit of a respite from him, really. So it's not terrible, but he was getting very shouty. It was very early in the morning to be shouted at. Um, I don't do being shouted at. So. But anyway, there we are. So I have to say, we haven't seen a great deal for our time in Paris. We've had a little wander around. Um, it's We're not in a massively touristy area, which is quite nice. I don't like being too near other tourists. Well, too near other British tourists, anyway. Sounds terrible, doesn't it, really? Um, but it's just... Um, we've been, been very, very relaxed. I've been sleeping ten hours or so every night, which is quite phenomenal, really, and not not like me at all not in my own bed I certainly don't don't sleep that much so um, I'm feeling very very relaxed last night um, after we left the Jardin de Tuileries um, we went off to go back towards the um, Rue Montorgoy which is where we'd been eating every night and um, before we nipped in there I actually nipped into another yarn shop it's a little tiny shop called Little Weasel. It's on uh, a passage, which put me very much in mind of um, some of the little passages and arcades in Leeds, if you've ever been there. Um, it's tiny. It stopped Malabrigo and Debbie Bliss and um, Spud and Chloe, which I've not seen Spud and Chloe before. Plus there was a French um, brand of yarn, Fonti, I think they were French, 
and there appeared to be possibly um, some handy. It was hard to tell because there was very little information on the Lado label. It was called Dye for Yarn, and it had little skull and crossbones on it. Um, but there was nothing on the label to indicate whether it was French or German or whether it was hand dye. So I didn't buy any. Um, it was a very, very small shop and it was quite crowded. It also sold buttons and patterns and fabric. So it, it, as in La Dogerie, it's there's sort of an emphasis on children's clothes, children's patterns and um, fabrics for those. So it was really interesting uh, and the passage itself was lovely. But... Um, I think out of the two shops, I preferred La Jogerie just simply because obviously they are selling their own yarn. It's made for them. Well, I'm presuming it's made for them, but it's certainly it's their own yarn on their cones, and it's that's how it's um, displayed. So, but all in all, um, a very relaxing and chilled visit to Paris. I think I'm converted to travelling on Eurostar rather than flying because it's so much easier. Um, and I can knit all the way through which is fabulous so I've done um, 14 pairs of rows of the first 22 sets of increases um, for the sleeve on my adrift so hopefully I'll get to the end of that today before I get home and then I'll have to change because then I stop increasing every right side row and I'll have to think about it so but anyway, this is it. Signing out from Paris. Au revoir. So that was our postcard to Paris. When I got home and checked, I hadn't got the um, Ecru yarn for the baby sweater. And I have to say, confession time, I've not knit that baby sweater either. And now that baby is five months old and I'm really going to have to get a wiggle on um, to get it done for her. And uh, all the other babies that I've been aware of that have arrived recently have all been little girls and I don't quite know whether the little elephant jacket is really suitable for a girl I don't know anyway that uh, is the end of this little bonus episode if you would like to, to enter the competition for the yarn from La Drogerie um, I'm going to keep the competition open until the end of February because I know what it's like over the Christmas period. It's quite hard sometimes to keep up with podcasts. So I'm going to give people a chance um, who might be having a little bit of a time delay uh, in listening and catching up with this. So you've got up until the end of February to enter that competition and uh, tell me your yarn souvenir tale and uh, I shall enjoy reading them and then use a random number generator to generate uh, any. I have a horrible feeling that um, I'm not with the yarn at the moment and I don't know that I took a photograph of it. So I will um, try and put a photograph of the choices up as soon as possible 
um, but I can't do that when I, I put this episode up. If you'd like to contact the show at any point, please feel free to do so. You can email me at yarnsfromtheplane at googlemail.com. Leave a message over on the show notes at yarnsfromtheplane.podbean.com or yarnsfromtheplane.blogspot.com. Message me on Ravelry where I'm Tales from the Plane. Tweet me where I'm Tales from Plane. And uh, also you can pop a pin in the listener map to say hello uh, or go over to the Ravelry group. Whichever way, I do love to hear from my listeners and uh, I can't wait to hear from you. Until then, hoping that you've had as interesting and varied a 2012 as I have and uh, wishing you all the best for 2013 in case I don't get another one up uh, within the next couple of days. Wishing you all the best. Take care. Bye. You've been listening to Yarns from the Plain. Episodes and show notes can be found at yarnsfromtheplain.podbean.com. Comments can be left there or at yarnsfromtheplain.blogspot.com or you can message me on Ravelry, where I'm Tales from the Plain. You can email me at yarnsfromtheplain at googlemail.com and you can also find me at Twitter, where I tweet as Tales from Plain. Go on, make yourself heard. <laughs>